Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of a Techno Wizard, a Techno Shaman, and Druid, goddamn, anything else out there, magician shit and all that stuff, yeah, it is <laughs> September 19th, that's right, 19th, 2023, about 12.15pm, it's my birthday. And, uh, I don't know, I've been feeling a little bit weird about it. I always feel weird about it. I don't know why exactly. But, I did know what I want to talk about today. I want to take a nice, long podcast. Probably just going to be an hour. But, if time permits, after work, I'll probably come back and do another hour. (laughs) But I do want to um, continue the conversation I started last time about kind of delving into why I'm so interested in magic and what it means to me, right? Really analyzing different magic systems and everything like that. I'm so frustrated though <laughs> because yesterday I actually did start this up. I did 30 minutes just talking into this. I had some great points. I, you know, I felt like I really got got to some really interesting aspects and, and, and you know, things to consider But I didn't save the damn file. <laughs> Thought I did, but no, I did not save the file. And it deleted. Or like it didn't it didn't save, you know? So <sighs> I don't know if I'm gonna be able to cover everything I I did yesterday to the same extent that I did yesterday. But we'll see. I don't know. I because honestly I was surprised I even went where I did yesterday. So and it's probably even more frustrating be for you because you're gonna be like, oh what did he talk about yesterday? <laughs> now you know how I feel. <laughs> uh, but first, before we get into all that, I did want to do a quick recap of what I've been doing the past week or whatever it's been since the last episode. Um, when was the last episode? I'm not going to look. But it's okay. <laughs> um, just, just real quick. So, I did a... I applied to teach, uh, um, I guess like a homeschooling type of system type of thing um, called L- the Laku Initiative. I love that name because, you know, the Laku, I think, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it <laughs> correctly, which is a shame for me because it's Haitian, right? It's a, it's a Haitian community type of deal, right? Stems from many of the the traditional African communities and many African, you know, um, cultures and things like that, where they do, where they have uh, folks share. They might be subsistence farmers or not, but they share like a, a land and and resources together and stuff like that. So they might, you know, um, whatever resources they have, it could be any, anything from food to um, ideas, right? Uh, so it incorporates basically a lot of the same ideals of that I usually talk about about you know um adult parenting and and uh like a communal you know kind of parenting things like that as well as you know just 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 that richer community feeling that I've been talking about uh, for a while now um and there's probably a bunch of other stuff in there too but yeah this initiative is starting as like a homeschooling type of thing or a thing for homeschoolers to you know, get more 
I guess a more diverse kind of field of, of knowledge from different types of people in different areas of, of uh, expertise and things like that. So the learning offering that, or the learning course that I'm offering is sort of uh, technology through the ages. And um, it's funny because <laughs> I actually came up with that last. I came up with the whole curriculum. Like I just sat down and just started writing about all the things I wanted to, I wanted to talk about, I wanted to share. And <laughs> it actually ended up being a sort of uh, delve, deep dive into history um, as I tend to go. Um, in terms of uh, like what we can learn from the past, right? Um, turning, talking about the prehistoric times or quote-unquote prehistoric times, even though that was a rich point in history for humans, um, going up in, into you know uh, pre-colonial and, and, and during colonial times and things like that. Uh, specifically focusing on on the people who who were colonized or just outside of the periphery of these imperialistic. You know kind of cultures and the types of technologies and ideas they've they've had and then going into the present you know where this idea of progress came from and technology and all this other stuff and then going into the future of what we can do you know how we can take all those lessons from before in order to build a better future right so <laughs> it wasn't until afterwards i was like okay this is a lot of different stuff that was like, how can I bring this all together? And I was like, oh, technology through the ages. I, I actually think I, my, my partner may have come up with that after I showed um, showed her what I was trying to trying to do. But yeah, so yeah, that 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 was cool. Um, did an orientation on that on I think it was Friday, and then this weekend got my hair retwisted. Got my first actual style for my locks. And it looks amazing. It's pretty, pretty nice. Um, and then on Sunday, because Saturday I took most of the day really <laughs> for my vlogs. Um, I think I did some other stuff on Saturday too, just driving around, stuff like that, um, appointments and all that. But then, but then on, oh yeah, also I did want to mention that too. On Saturday I went to my so my friend's coworker or like her her old boss passed earlier this year and they did a wake for her for him on Saturday um, and I only mention that because it was just really really like I didn't know the person um, so it was kind of weird for me to be there I was just there you know to provide a ride for my partner but for me it was interesting in seeing you know just how how folks impact others you know um, it just again it goes all the way back to what I was saying about community and you can really see that sense of community in a place like that, in a, in a time like that. Um, and it was really cool because they were doing um, a sort of, like, I'm not going to say quasi-spiritual, but like a, you know, the alternative type of <laughs> uh, spiritual and kind of type of tradition than typically seen, at least here in America, with these sorts of things. So instead of, you know, just, just praying or something like that, you know, you kind of just, you know, um, feel the silence, like, you know, take a moment of silence. And it was, it was really interesting to me because it goes back to what I was saying a couple, a while ago when I was talking about religion and how a lot of those kind of rituals that you do in religion, and this is all going to relate back to what I'm going to be talking about shortly, but... A lot of those rituals and stuff like that that you do in religion, 
are very powerful, right? However, it, it doesn't have to, it's not exclusive to religion, at least, or not to any specific religion or anything like that, right? Like, it's, it's things like, you know, taking a moment of silence, things like, you know, giving time to talk about people who, who passed before, right? Um, like the idea of uh, libations, right? Pouring it out for your ancestors. Like, just giving that time to really bask in that, in that moment and to respect, you know, those who came before us and all this other stuff. Like, that's really powerful stuff that is, you know, kind of agnostic to religion. So, yeah, it was, it was really interesting to, to, to kind of be in that moment. Really, really humbling and awesome as well. And um, dude was amazing person. I didn't even know him. <laughs> but just by the p- people who were left behind, who, who were talking about, you know, his life, you can definitely tell he was quite, quite the amazing individual. So yeah, that was really amazing. And then on Sunday, I had, um, we went to Repticon, or really, because uh, apparently it's not exactly Repticon, it's, uh, what was it, the uh, Reptile International or National Reptile Convention, <laughs> or something like that. Um, basically a, a reptile convention, right? Um, but they also had bunch of insects there and my partner she's really been into she's always been into animals in general but lately especially this year she's really been into insects you know she started like moths finding moths and butterflies and and pinning them um you know when they die because apparently you know a lot of them especially moths of a certain size they just in it they when they molt when they become a moth like from a caterpillar or whatever they don't actually have a mouth so they can't eat or anything like that and so they naturally just die after a couple of days um because they've accomplished their their job of reproducing which is crazy but yeah um so she found like a moth that had died and actually two <laughs> one was in front of her door and another one was when we were hiking and they were in really good condition they're just you know dead right there so she started learning how to pin them and she's also gotten into you know, a bunch of other types of bugs and things like that. It's really interesting stuff. <laughs> but she's really gotten, uh, fell in love with spiders, uh, specifically uh, a versicolor tarantula or something like that, which is actually really pretty, really pretty spider. Um, it's, it's so weird because I would, <laughs> I, I think I mentioned it before, but I'm not scared of spiders, but I'm like, they could stay over there, right? Like they're, they're very uh, imposing creatures. <laughs> um, but yeah, she so she got a pet spider, <laughs> a little tarantula, and it, it is so freaking cute, man! It is so cute. It's like almost a bright blue, not exactly bright blue, but like a like electric blue type of. I don't know how to describe it, but it's very visibly blue <laughs> for on his feather or it's. I don't know what you call it. Uh, it's hairs, I guess. Um, very small, at least for now. But apparently, it gets really big. Um, well, if it's a girl, it will, it will uh, live about twelve years or something like that. If it's not, it'll, it'll. If it's male, it'll, it'll die in like two, three years or something like that. So she's hoping it's a, it's a female. Um, but yeah, it's very pretty. Um, got a little enclosure for her. All this other stuff. But yeah, that was much of my Sunday. Um, and then 
top of all that, I tried to get back to my creative challenge for work. Um, well, not for work, but, you know, the, the challenge my, my folks at my job is doing. And that was just frustrating, unfortunately. I did not really get anywhere. I learned some more stuff. Um, this time I went to drag and, like, try to learn how to drag and drop um, things with Unreal. And I sort of learned, but I wasn't able to extrapolate that into what I actually wanted to do. So I'm probably going to fail this challenge, unfortunately. Um, my last ditch effort today is to just write. Um, try to write like a story or a um, poem or a song or something like that. Trying to involve all the little elements and uh, word format. I'm both excited and not excited about it. Like it's it's weird. Like <laughs> I get frustrated because I want to do so much more than writing, but it seems like writing is like the the most reliable way I have of creating anything so yeah it is what it is but yeah that was my weekend that was my last couple days um now let's get into this magic stuff so (laughs) um so there's a lot i wanted to mention with this i guess let's make a section i'm not because i I do want to stop in an hour do have to get back to work um but yeah so this magic let me let me let me take a drink of water before I before I really delve into this. One second. All right, now on to the fun stuff, right? So I wanted to delve into you know why I enjoy magic systems and magic in general. Why why I'm so you know stuck on this idea, if you want to say it like that. Um. Actually, let me. Go the other way? No, I can go this way. So it's on my mowing lawn up there, so I'm gonna have to pause or something. Maybe I could go another way. I haven't dipped through here in a while. But anyways, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just procrastinating because I said all this yesterday. I'm just uh, don't like repeating myself, but I th- I do think there's a lot of important things I mentioned yesterday. I do want to try and bring back up. So I do think it's really important to kind of analyze the things that we like. The things that we enjoy, the things that we find passion and and all that in, because I find that when we do, it is it allows us to get a better understanding of ourselves, as well as you know, um, of course, the thing that we enjoy, the passion, right? At the same time, it is scary because if you do analyze something to that extent, it feels like you're dissecting it and. <laughs> you ever dissected something you know it's 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 not the same thing afterwards right you kind of destroy the thing that you're studying um and that can be both a good and bad thing right it could be a good thing because you're learning more and you can have a better appreciation for the thing that you've dissected (laughs) but it can be also a bad thing because you can be disgusted (laughs) Or you no longer find enjoyment of the thing you had because you realize that, you know, the reason why you enjoyed it was probably superficial, right? Probably you only liked it because it looked pretty. But then you saw the ugly undersides and you're just like, oh, I don't, what? <laughs> right? And maybe I'm taking this metaphor a little bit too far, but I don't quite think so. Because what I learned and what I mentioned yesterday <laughs> is because... Um, I think one of the first places I've really, I've really done this with was with religion. 
right? I grew up in the Seventh-day Adventist household, um, and I used to really enjoy reading the Bible, right? Like, <laughs> real Bible, Bible boy, um, choir boy and all that. I was in the choir, I was in the, you know, church and all that other stuff. Um, and, and a lot of it was out of, like, almost desperation or necessity because, you know, I grew up in a, a uh, Haitian community, in a Haitian church, where folks were speaking Creole or, or French, and I didn't understand that lang- those languages. So most of the sermons and most of the, the stuff, I'd just be sitting there just, uh, just bored out of my mind. So <laughs> I would read the Bible. I was like, okay, I guess I'll go ahead and read that. Um, and there were actually some really interesting stories in the Bible, right? Like I, I, um, I'm not going to rehash all of it now, but <laughs> one day I might, might pull out some of the, my favorite stories from the Bible and stuff like that. And the lessons I think still apply regardless of whether or not, you know, you're religious. Um, but nonetheless, I find that, uh, or before I get to that, so I ended up reading a lot of the Bible because I wanted, one of my earliest ambitions was to read the whole Bible cover to cover. All right. Unfortunately, I didn't achieve that, but I did learn pretty much all the books of the Bible. Um, that was, that was required as part of my, my, um, um, baptism, uh, and yeah, I don't remember them now, but I, we had to memorize like all the books of the Bible. But I did read from, you know, um, Genesis all the way up to I think Kings the second, right? My namesake, um, which is a fire ass story. Kings second is amazing, one of the best books of the Bible. You know, ten out of ten. <laughs> I don't know if it still stands up. I haven't read it in a while, but um, and I, I've jumped around a little bit between like Psalms and Proverbs and you know other stuff like that. But I, Old Testament is just full of a bunch of crazy stuff. Like it's, it's a little wild in there. But I did read the New Testament completely, maybe twice, I think. Right, the whole New Testament, especially the the, the Gospels, um, and especially especially Revelations. Ooh. So Revelations was my favorite book of the Bible. <laughs> right, I read that probably, I don't know, almost a half a dozen times, maybe. Right, um, and it was—I think it was my favorite, both because it felt topical. Because everybody, you know, religious folks, especially—I don't know if it was just my church or what—but like, they're 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 some doomers, right? Like, they always like, oh, the end times coming, the end times coming, right? Better get right with God and all this other stuff, and always pointing out like things that are happening in the real world that seem to align with what the Bible says. It's always those those coincidences and and those uh, patterns that they see, um, and so yeah, I was like, oh, okay, I guess I better get ready. Let me let me know. Let me see what I should expect. Um, and for those that don't know, the Revelations is essentially <laughs> supposed to be like a like a almost like a prophecy of how the world will end, right? <laughs> how everything will end, um, and it's actually very fascinating when you really get into it, regardless of whether or not you're religious. I highly suggest taking a look because even especially if you're not religious, I think it will really show you how fucking ridiculous these religions are, especially Christianity. It's 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 just wild. Right. Um, And however, it fascinated me. I guess that's why it fascinated me. Right. It felt like reading a sci fi book or a fantasy book or both at the same time. Like it was crazy. Right. Like things like, you know, the 
the, the angels actually describing what those angels look like like these are terrifying creatures man <laughs> like fucking <laughs> seven wings and eyes all over the wings and no body or head just you know like or just some like multi-dimensional you know the rings of fire type shit like it it, it is insane right but it's very interesting and then they talk about things like and it it's crazy because when it, when they talk about like uh, I forgot exact the terms. It's been literally years, probably over, definitely over a decade since I've ever touched the Bible. But <laughs> um, if I recall, there was something along the lines of you know how how the angels or God whatever that will open the the uh, the floodgates and all this other stuff and open the the the, the winds or something like that. You know, and the way they were describing it, I remember thinking that oh, this sounds like climate change, right? <laughs> flood, fire, you know, um, disease and all this other stuff. This is literally just climate change. And I was able to see that even back then in my middle school, you know, elementary school, you know, early high school kind of kind of days. Um, and uh, so to me, it, it, it seemed to show that there was something here, right? Like I was still a believer at that time, but, and the reason why I think, it was it it took me a long time to to get out of that was because i i saw many of these kind of patterns um that the bible seemed to call out correctly right even something like how and this is really, this is one of the things that actually got me away from you know religion like the reason why i stopped believing in religion is because i read the bible right <laughs> I, I I seriously read the Bible. I wasn't just reading it, you know, just to affirm my beliefs. I was reading it because I was like, I was interested. I was like, okay. Like I said before, I was just bored. So I started reading it. And then I was like, huh. Right? Like, I, I wasn't trying to read it in order to feel better about myself. No, I was just bored at first. And then I went to really understand what the hell was going on here. So I would read passages multiple times. And I would even go and look up. You know what this certain word meant or what this certain you know um person was or the certain historical event or this that and the other um i would try to ask people you know but that never it's just you can't be any you can't ask any sort of critical questions with most you know religious it's just a mess but anyways <laughs> i seriously tried to read the bible right like i it was a serious endeavor for me and so in doing so i was able to find so many inconsistencies and contradictions and really quite frankly bullshit and like worrying things that was like huh this is not okay <laughs> right this is not okay like for instance in revelations they talk about how um i think one out of ten churches would be found wanting right or or would be found uh good right meaning nine out of ten or seven out of ten or something like that like a majority of the churches would not be where the uh the i forgot the exact term but basically the most righteous people will be found it says that in the bible in the revelations in what's supposed to be this prophecy of the future right <laughs> of the end times it says it right there where it says most churches right most of the people in churches would be found to be sinful right and to such an extent that the when when God raptures up you know folks or whatever, they most of them will not be found in the church, <laughs> right? And it was it was so crazy when when I was reading that I was also it was also the time when the church was so fucking so much drama, right? 
where they would, you know, criticize the youth every almost every sermon. You know, all oh, these youth are terrible and blah blah blah. Oh, they just want to go out and party. They, they don't want to come to church. Blah blah blah. Always complaining, right? They would never want. They would all. They would never want to do anything fun, <laughs> right? Whenever we tried to do some events or something like that, or you know, the choir tried to be hype a little bit, they would always complain. Like especially really bad with my SDA churches, they would say, "Oh, no drums in the church," right? You couldn't wait. Like, it was a fight for us to get drums. Like, your, your you know, regular drums that most every church has. It was a struggle for us to get drums in the church, right? For us to be hyped when we were singing and praising and stuff like that, right? And when we did, we packed out the church, right? Those are some of the hypest times that church has ever seen. But then they still turn around and complain, right? And it was always so much drama, always so much bullcrap. That even I was was like again I'm I'm elementary middle school going into high school, um, but I was able to see things these things from a young age. Um, I remember there was this one situation where they were complaining about this dude with locks, with with dreads. <laughs> they were they were always complain. Just I'm going too much in detail. Share my trauma here, but the point here is that I can understand. <laughs> I understand what the Bible was talking about. And so to me, that showed me that maybe I shouldn't be here, <laughs> right? Like, if you really want to maximize your chance to go to heaven, going to church is not the way to go. Because <laughs> even the Bible says most of these churches are terrible, right? Um, but what, what the point I really wanted to get to here was how a lot of the, the things that you find in, in the Bible and in religion in general that are very interesting are these miracles right um are these angels are is the lore right is the idea that you know for instance jesus would turn the water into wine or you know the whole prince of egypt story and you got the staff turning into snakes and all this other stuff like it's magic <laughs> right and it's so funny because you would never they, they say don't call it magic like if you bring up the word magic in church at least in my church that i grew up in you'd be you'd be like uh-uh they think you were the you you were the devil, right? It's funny because I used to try and read Harry Potter. Like that was the next big thing that I went to after reading the Bible. I was like, you know, uh, f this stuff. Like let me let me read some interesting stuff here or some better some other stuff. Um, and I delved into Harry Potter, but uh, yeah, like reading the Bible, you you really you really see how religion, especially Christianity, is a magic system, right? And your prayers. <laughs> your faith really is your mana is your <laughs> your pool of, of of magical ability and theoretically the more faith you have you know the more magic the more miracles and things like that you should be able to do but of course it's one of the most inconsistent magic systems because it's, it's, it's not really a, a soft magic system but it's also not really a hard magic system right it's not super systematic but there is a system to it right um and it's frustrating because, like, that inconsistency means you can't really predict what's supposed to happen, right? You can't really be sure that the reason why this spell, right, or your prayer failed was because you didn't have enough faith or it wasn't God's plan. Like, <laughs> which is it, right? Like, how are you ever supposed to tell? And it, and it leaves it up for so much misinterpretation and so much, quite frankly, drama and... and and evil quite frankly right like 
they can always like the the other people around you who believe in this faith, who believe in this magic system, right? Can always say that oh you're just not good enough, right? You didn't pray hard enough, you didn't believe good enough, right? It's just not your time or whatever, right? So <laughs> it's like it's like a magic system where you go to you know a wizard school, like say you go to Hogwarts, right? And you're supposed to be a wizard. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> but even though you read the spells and you do good in class, right, in these, these wizarding classes, you still can't perform the actual spells. And you get bullied by your peers and your teachers who say, oh, you're just not good enough. Oh, you just, you don't have the, the you don't have it, right? You're, it's not the, it, <laughs> it's not up for you or whatever, right? And yet you're supposed to stay in the school and keep studying, keep going harder, keep believing more. Right, and so to me, it showed me like, no, nah, this is this is not good. <laughs> um, I'm all over the place. I'm so sorry, but yeah, like, it was just a mess, you know. Really, really delving into it made me realize that you know, this is this is not for me. Um, there's there's significant problems there, and so I used to try to find other religious ideas. You know, I read, I tried to read, you know. Portions of the the Torah or Torrent Torah, I think it's the Torah, um, and the book of I think Zionism and things like that, and um, uh, various Indian kind of belief systems. Like I tried to delve into each of these, but it's really hard to get a hold of any of them at the time. Because once again, like you'd be seen as blasphemous if you try to bring another holy book into <laughs> into there. Um, if it's not for the reason of, of completely, you know, obliterating somebody else's belief system, <laughs> um, which they did try to do. Like we had some Seventh Day Adventists. Um, goodness, not Seventh. We are the Seventh Day Adventists. We had we had the uh, what do you call them? Um, evangelists for Latter Day Saints or something like that, or I don't know, different types of religions going there and try to do a debate and stuff like that. It was just it was just a mess. But yeah. That was my first foray into really dissecting something I really believed in. And from there, I learned a lot. Um, but it also, yeah, destroyed my beliefs. Because <laughs> I was like, oh man, this is, this is not good. Um, but it did, once again, it did make me... I, damn, I had some great stuff yesterday. This is why I don't like repeating myself. Or don't like redoing something I thought about before. Because then I try to think about exactly what I said before. Because it was so good. And now I can't. And so it's, it's worse. But anyways. <laughs> one thing that I, I think I, I was mentioning um, before. Was that. Dissecting religion. Really helped me to see. Um, it helped me to be both more critical. Right. And more logical. At the same time, though, it has also helped me to become more open-minded and more um, open to the idea of, of like, immaterial, right? The, the, the immaterial world. Like the idea that there's more out there than can be really described or can be fully understood with science and logic. And the big reason, yeah, quite frankly, is because I grew up outside of, you know, the scientific and... and you know, quote-unquote rational community, right? I did grow up in church. But through that, I 
it also exposed me to the idea that, you know, amazing things can happen, right? Because even though there was a lot I didn't like about church, um, there was a lot that was really powerful, right? Like the fact that my family grew up impoverished and there were many times where, you know, we could have went, you know, a long time without food or even was, was you know, worried about evic- getting evicted and living on the street, right? But something always ended up happening <laughs> where something where, where it turned out okay, right? Not great, obviously, but it turned out okay. Like we, we were never homeless, homeless. Like we were, we were definitely without a home many times, but we always happened to find someone who would able to put us up or somewhere else to be, right? And just the amount of times that st- stuff like that has happened <laughs> feels far more um, coincidental than than just something that like is is just completely random or whatever. Like it's it felt very um, miracleish, right? Many of the time, and you know I could probably point out many of these types of situations where something doesn't really feel like it can be chalked up to just pure convenience, to just pure, or rather, um, pure coincidence is what I meant to say, right? And also, there's these moments where something feels just incredibly mystical, where something feels incredibly powerful, right? Beyond the words, or beyond just what a scientific or quote-unquote logical, you know, exclamation can truly describe, right? Like the feeling that you get when you're, when you are really in the moment praising, for instance, right? Or even during prayer, if you happen to, those rare times where I actually found a prayer to be very helpful, um, there really is something powerful about that, about those moments. And then there's also, you know, moments where, you can be like fully like in the moment of a certain experience and it feels like like yeah something bigger than you is in this moment with you right these kind of indescribable moments like these that just go beyond what our current science can truly describe and yes i have found some you know, things like the fact that humans really do need to believe in something bigger than themselves. The fact that when people pray, for instance, they really do experience something different. Um, even if it's even if it's just something, uh, what do you call it? Um, God damn it. Always, always the words. That thing where we have an effect even though there's no, you know... Where you think there's effect, and so there is effect, rather than, you know, the actual effect. Um, Godly, I forgot the word. But I hope you get my point here. But the point here is that there's things that you feel that are bigger than, you know, what what the uh, paper, what what you would see on paper. And so, you know, that that, that kind of led me into my adolescent years of, of of reading other types of books right I would start reading other types of fiction books you know start reading about you know the supernatural worlds and you know fantasy and urban fantasy and sci-fi and all that other stuff um one second okay <clears throat> I had to drink some more water 
Um, but yeah, me reading, getting into, you know, fantasy and vampires and <laughs> um, all this other stuff built on top of that, I feel like, right? Um, and at the same time, I started, you know, getting more into learning more about science, learning more about um, logic and history and everything like that. So that also, you know, helped me to, 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 to build upon that. Good goodness. And so these two, not quite belief systems, but I wouldn't even say, I want to say knowledge systems, right? Kind of conflicted with each other, but also built on top of each other. It allowed me to see the world from different angles and different perspectives at the same time. Um, so to me, to kind of trace that thread, right? It's interesting that for me, like I really believed in, you know, in God and things like that. And I wanted to believe, but the more I learned, I was like, the more, the more I couldn't <laughs> believe in such a system and such a being and such a, you know, belief. But at the same time, the more I learned about the world, the more I also recognized that science just didn't describe enough, right? It wasn't enough, <laughs> right? It didn't really explain things like that that were, like I said, so coincidental that it couldn't be pure randomness, right? And even if it was, like... The amount of times that it happens throughout one's life, <laughs> especially as as you become more and more, you know, aware of the situations, right? The 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 more agency you apply to certain situations, it seems that these sorts of uh, quote unquote coincidences, you know, weren't so coincidental. And at the same time, you know, learning more about the universe, everything from how, you know, atoms are structured to the the universe at large, these different theories about what reality is and things like that also, you know, uh, led me to the idea that there really is more <laughs> out there than we currently know. And so as I begin reading these, you know, fantasy books and things like that and getting into these different magic systems whether it be Harry Potter or things like um, Artemis Fowl or you know I used to be huge into vampires man like <laughs> you know there was um, this one called the Thirst Series that was really good um, about like this Indian um, vampire and something like that um, the Demonator Series uh, the uh Going beyond that, there was, you know, of course, uh, it was like things like Ranger's Apprentice and um, or there's another one called Barcode and I don't know. I'm just just listing stuff now, but <laughs> the point is, I, I've read hundreds, if not thousands, of books, <laughs> and a big reason why I was so into reading, I think, not only because there's not much else I could do, but also because, you know, again, I wanted to believe in something bigger. But I couldn't just believe in religion like I did before. So I wanted to believe that, yeah, 
uh, they might exist vampires, right? They might exist werewolves. They might exist this whole other world of supernatural creatures or supernatural beings, supernatural um, concepts, right? Um, and I think... I don't know if I'm saying... <laughs> if I might be assuming too much here, but I want to say, like, I feel like a lot of people also want to believe that, right? I feel like a big reason that we make these stories in the first place is not just because of pure imagination, not just because it's fun to write or fun to read. I think it's because we want to believe that, right? You want to uh, to embrace a world that is so much bigger than what we see in front of us, right? I would argue that many people even if they're not really into, you know, these specific books, you know, still do have these beliefs. Because there's a huge, because they, you know, they might be religious. <laughs> and that allows them to, you know, um, to kind of foster those beliefs. Or they might be scientific. Because <laughs> even a lot of science has these sort of mystical types of beliefs, right? Like the whole concept of AI, the whole concept of AGI, the whole concept that we will create something that essentially godlike is literally a supernatural idea. It is the idea that we can create something that's far bigger that never existed before <laughs> and com- completely changes everything, right? The idea of singularity, the idea of, you know, many worlds theory, right? The idea of you know, it's kind of quantum, you know, uh, sub-universe and all this other... Like, all these things that goes beyond what we actually have physical evidence for is people, I feel like, is people wanting to believe in something bigger than what is in front of us. And I think there's a very good reason for that, right? I would like to say it's because the world is <laughs> so much bigger. Than what we currently see. Than what we can currently understand. Because what happens when you don't believe those things. When you don't want to believe those things. Or rather when you can't. You become incredibly depressed. <laughs> we have a word for these, this thing. It's nihilism right. It's this idea of nihilism that nothing matters and everything like that. Those people are almost always incredibly miserable. Right. And. One might make the argument that, yes, maybe the world is so small, or rather, you know, there is nothing more here than what we can currently see or than what we can study or whatever. Um, You can try to make that argument and say, oh, yeah, maybe the nihilists are right. There's nothing else here. All right. But if so, then why do we feel so bad about it when we do? Alright? Even way after the fact. Alright? You can't just chalk it up to, oh, it's because, you know, we had such high hopes and, you know, when those hopes are dashed, that's it. <laughs> you feel miserable. Alright? Because I, I was in that, I was in that similar type of feeling. Like, I feel like a big reason for my own depression is this sort of realization that they might not be anything else out there it was also because I felt very lonely in a very physical way 
And it was also because I felt very, you know, powerless as well in my everyday life. But that was like one of the aspects, I think. But the problem with that is that the human mind is adaptive. The problem with that, with that is that we get over it. <laughs> like, if there really is something that you have to deal with, like, say, for instance, you know, you fall in love with somebody and then you discover that it's not the right person for you, or you break up or whatever. Most people get over it. <laughs> Any healthy mind gets over it. Yeah, don't get me wrong, there's plenty of people who don't, but it's not the majority. And there's usually a reason why they don't. Maybe they have some maladaptive, you know, um, um, attachment disorder and things like that, right? Like, the vast majority of people get over it. But the vast majority of people who, who become nihilistic or some similar type of thing where they don't or can't believe in something bigger, they never get over it. Like, <laughs> that becomes their, their whole identity, their whole life, if they even can live that much longer. Like, a lot of the, you know, whether it be philosophers or everyday people or, you know, whatever, right? They become miserable. And I think the reason for that is because there truly is so so much more out there <laughs> to believe in or to to discover, to experience. And some parts of us remembers that. Some parts of us has some you know has some connection to something like that. Even if it's in the most physical materialistic way like the fact that our very you know uh, our very molecules are from the stars right like we're literally made up of star stuff of celestial matter and yes there is no current you know scientific un uh, 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 you know theory or understanding or you know idea that we can retain memories through molecular structures you know passed down through billions of years and all this other stuff that's happened that allows us to live as we do today but that doesn't mean we will never discover something like that right because <laughs> all the time we we discover very strange things like you know butterfly or you know butterflies are able to retain the memories of when they were caterpillars even though during chrysalis, right, during the time when they're transforming from a caterpillar to a butterfly, all of their, you know, uh, uh, matter, right, all of their structure gets destroyed, all right? So there, there shouldn't be any physical way in which the neural structure, right, may, retains for, to retain memory across these forms because everything gets liquefied. So... And yet we, dis we, we can see, we have experimental evidence that shows that caterpillars or butterflies retain the memories of when they were caterpillars. So there, there's some way in which they're passing that, that, that knowledge that we don't really understand. <laughs> right? Similarly, we can see that things like plants are able to communicate, <laughs> are able to have some sense of memory, some sense of, you know, understanding and awareness of the world around them, of the environment, and can communicate that not, not only with different parts of themselves, but with other plants unrelated to them, right? Through both the air and through the, the, the chemical or the, uh, the fungus that they're connected to and all this other thing. Like, 
There's so much more about the world that we're constantly discovering. And I think that it behooves us to always be humble and to always be open to that possibility that there is more. It may not be the, uh, the uh, what do you call it, like the uh, miasma, the, um, that's not the word I'm looking for here. Um, golly, I forgot what it was called, but it's like every time there's a story about like, you know, vampires and fairies and like urban fantasy type of stories, especially there's this, um, word they use, like a filter where, you know, any mundane people can't see this magical supernatural world, you know, but it's, it's, it's there right in front of you, but you can't see it because of this, this filter. <laughs> I, I, so mad I can't remember the word right now but it may not be that right it may not be something so visceral or so you know right in your face but it still may be something real like the fact that like if the many worlds theory is true there might very well be a world where folks are they're vampires and all this other stuff like you know existing right there in front of you right which is not in that reality maybe one day we can tap into that reality right or it may be that all of this reality right all the material plane that we are currently existing in is just an illusion or is a simulation or is you know some other really complex thing that we currently can't understand right and one day we will be able to tap into the interface or we'll be able to you know um, wake up from the simulation or whatever right I think there's a reason why there are so many incredibly varied and Sometimes, yeah, crazy uh, belief systems and, you know, theories about what the world is, even if some of them aren't as rigorous as others. And to me, magic, or just the concept of magic, right? Doesn't It's not, for me, it's not so specific. It's not like, oh, I believe in this magic. I believe in this spell or this. No, it's the concept that there is something more out there than what we can put our hands on, you know, in a scientific or even a completely rational way, right? It's the realization that, quote-unquote, rationality and logic is not as rational or logical as you wish it to be, right? Like, or at least that the world is not as rational or logical that you wish it to be. Right? It doesn't have to... <laughs> the world doesn't have to make sense to you. <laughs> right? There are elements of it that does make sense to us. And by trying to make sense of the world, we can learn a lot and we can do a lot. But it doesn't have to. <laughs> right? There's always more that we're learning that completely breaks our logic systems, our science systems, our belief systems. That is important to recognize. And I think that's why I am constantly, you know, delving into this idea of techno-wizardry, techno-shamanism, or whatever I want to call it in the future, right? It's, it's a constant reminder for myself and anybody that, that, that um, you know, talks to me, that... <laughs> that works with me 
that there's something a little bit, something more out there. <laughs> and it's not in the way that you think, right? That's why I like to keep the idea of techno wizardry and techno shamanism up there and never, re I never really define it exactly, right? I never define what I can do. Not even to myself, <laughs> because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I can do. I know what I want to do at any one point in time. And even then, there's always more that I realize, oh, I actually don't want to do that anymore. I want to do this now. Right? It's a way to keep myself humble. It's a way to keep other people humble, but also open. Right? Also ready to explore something miraculous. Open to the idea that we can make or discover or stumble upon, right? a more fascinating world that the world doesn't have to be how we think it is how we think it should be and I could probably you know delve more into details about this I probably will if I have more time at the work I probably will get into you know Specific magic systems that I really enjoy, which I actually meant to do that, but <laughs> I ended up as always talking about something completely different. But one one day, or before I get into, I will say I guess I'll end here. I will say that I think it's important, as always, to not be afraid of being wrong to not be afraid of the idea that everything you know and love may not exist the way you think it is right to not be afraid of exploring existential ideas exploring a reality where you might be completely wrong <laughs> But also exploring a reality where you might be completely right. Or exploring a reality where you can do all sorts of amazing things. Or all sorts of terrible things. Or nothing at all. <laughs> Recognizing that maybe all of these realities exist. Maybe none of them do. Maybe you're in a specific one. Maybe you're creating it. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're discovering it. But just trying to live in a, in, a, in a state of mind that allows you to be both flexible and systematic. All right? Because we... No, I don't. I don't really, you know, fall into the idea of, oh, you can't, you know, be so open-minded, your brain falls out, right? <laughs> But there is some truth there, right? At least in my opinion, right? There, there's, the truth of the matter is that if you don't have some sort of logical system in which you're operating on, then you can very easily be manipulated, be misunderstood, and mis, you know, misunderstand. And you can very much miss everything that's going on in front of you. Right, you can very much miss the all the things I talk about with why, with what's wrong with the world today, right? If you don't have a logical system, 
If you just want to believe in that God will handle it all, or just believe that science will handle it all, believe that somebody else will fix it, right? Like, that's a that's not a logical system, <laughs> right? That's just sitting back and hoping that somebody else will do the thinking and doing for you. That doesn't really create a life in which you can enjoy being you, right? And at the same time, though, even though creating a logical system is paramount, is important, is crucial, is critical, it's just as critical to not be so tied to that logical system, to not be so rigid with that logical system. Because we see <laughs> with anything that's too rigid, that's too hard, that's too stuck in place, that is not able to adapt and to change, that it breaks, <laughs> right? If you, if you believe in something so much that nothing else, nothing will, you know, turn you from that, then it is brittle. Because when something inevitably, <laughs> right, inevitably breaks that system, one way or another, you will break. Or even if you happen to live your entire life without ever questioning your belief, your life will be less for it. Because there will, once again, be so many things that you miss, that you never explored, that you never thought of, that you never even, you know, thought to thought, thought to think of, that would exist, that would probably make your life better. That you would not be able to experience simply because your belief system was so rigid that you were not able to step beyond your comfort zone. You were not able to grow in any meaningful way. So that's why I think it's important to always have these two extremes, you know, in your hands. To be flexible, open-minded, but also systematic and logical. Have the understanding that rationality and logic and all that other stuff is important, don't get me wrong. But also that it might be wrong. <laughs> that your logic system, that your clinical rationality may not be so rational. To realize that some things you may not be able to understand right now in the world that might be beyond your current system of logic and just because you can't understand it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist <laughs> just because it's beyond you doesn't mean that you know it's below you but yeah that's why I end it for now like I said don't be afraid to be radical. Don't be afraid to be revolutionary. And um, keep being awesome. Magic is real. But it's not. <laughs> not in the way you think. And maybe it's up to us to create it. Or discover it. Or stumble upon it. Or something of the like. But yeah. Thank you for listening. And have a great day. See ya. Bye bye.